Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 28 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. The real American family of Ben Lyon and wife Bebby Daniels settled in London during World War II. They starred in the radio show High Gang from 1940 to 1949 and achieved popularity and success, leading to their next radio show, Life with the Lions, which ran from 1950 to 1961 on the BBC. It was the first situation comedy in the UK and was extremely popular during its run. The Lions played fictional versions of themselves, including their real-life children Richard and Barbara Lyon. Molly Weir played their Scottish housekeeper Aggie MacDonald, and Doris Rogers their nosy neighbor Flory Wainwright. Horace Percival played Mr. Wimple. Two feature films were also made in 1954 and 1955, as well as a television series also on the BBC from 1955 to 1960. Now sit back and enjoy the December 31st, 1950 and January 7th, 1951 broadcasts of Life with the Lions. Ladies and gentlemen, Life with the Lions. Again, we'd like you to meet the Lyon family. I'm Richard Lyon. I'm Barbara Lyon. I'm Ben Lyon. And I'm Bibi Daniels Lyon. And here they are in Under the Table. I'm just putting some... <laughs> What's so funny? Are you laughing at my hat? Oh, no, dear. I think it's a lovely hat. In fact, now that I've had a good look at it, I... <laughs> you are laughing at it. I think you're mean. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I guess I'm just in a silly mood. It's really very smart. Hi, family. Sorry I'm late. I was just... Oh, no. <laughs> Why did you say, oh, no? Give me time. I'll think of something. <laughs> I didn't expect that from you, Richard. I ironed the doilies and... Oh, Mother, what a beautiful hat. Thank you, darling. And the trimming. Two rabbits. Turn around, Mother. Oh, and a tiny baby rabbit in the back. There wasn't a rabbit back there when I bought it. (laughs) Oh, I love it, Mother. It's so unusual. Well, if you think this hat is unusual, just you wait until you see my other one. It's yellow straw with a dozen cherries, two apples, a bunch of grapes, and two oranges on top. Oh, Phoebe, that'll look ridiculous. I know. I thought it over, and I've come to the same conclusion. So I'm having one of the cherries taken off. (laughs) That'll make quite a difference. Yes. Barbara, is that my sweater? No, no. Richard gave it to me for Christmas, didn't you, Richie? That's right. Nothing too good for my sister. Thank you, darling. Oh, that's all right. By the way, Barbara, have you got a credit account at Brompton's store? No. Well, you have now. (laughs) Why, you little penny pincher. So that's why you gave me such an expensive present. Well, I won't pay for it, do you hear? I won't pay for it. 
What do you take me for? I could answer that, but it would only lead to bloodshed. <laughs> Richard, I want you to pay that bill. Okay, Pop. I was going to do it anyway. I had a fight with my conscience, and my conscience won. <laughs> that, must have been a, that must have been some battle. Now, Barbara, don't you start it all over again. If you two want to let off steam, you can help me take down the Christmas tree. All right, Daddy. I'll run up and get the box to put the decorations in. It's always more fun putting up the tree than it is taking it down, isn't it, Pop? That's right, son. Uh, sort of like eating a wonderful dinner, then having to wash the dishes. <laughs> yes. Richard, you broke one of the glass decorations. Now, be more careful. Sorry. We can chop the tree up for firewood, can't we? Yes, as soon as it dries out. It'll smell good, too. Richard, I told you to be careful. That's the second glass ball you've broken. Sorry, Pop. Oh, you're always sorry. Now, just watch what you're doing, and it won't happen. Here's the box to put the decorations in, Daddy. Oh, thanks, darling. Here they are. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, Daddy, you dropped them all. <laughs> oh, well, uh, we needed new ones anyway. Ben, you should be more careful. Uh, be still, B.B. What are you doing anyway? I'm still trying to figure out how that third rabbit got on my hat. <laughs> well, forget it and come on and help. And while we're working, we can all be thinking of a resolution for New Year's. Oh, I've already made mine. I'm not going to buy any more hats. What? That's right. From now on, I'm going to make my own hat. Well, that should make the green grocer very happy. Barbara, what's your New Year's resolution? I'm not going to borrow Mother's clothes anymore. Why, Barbara? That's right. I won't wear them unless you ask me to. Yes, sir. 1951 will see the new Barbara Lyon. And if your mother doesn't ask you? Then 1951 will see the old Barbara Lyon. <laughs> oh, Mr. Lyon, how many guests will be having from the party tonight? We're not having any party, Aggie. You're not having any party in Hogmanay? What's Hogmanay? What's Hogmanay? Ask her another question, Pop. I want to see how high she can go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there isn't going to be any fat footing in this house, I'm going back to Glasgow. Now, wait a minute, Aggie. If you want a Hogmanay, we'll buy you one. <laughs> Mrs. Lyon, you don't buy Hogmanay. Hogmanay is the most important day of the year for everybody. You mean for the Scots? That's what I say, for everybody. <laughs> and the New Year's Eve party, we invite all your neighbors over for food and drinks. Oh, yes. And don't they usually bring you a lump of coal? Aye, that's right. Say, with the coal shortage, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> all right, Aggie, we'll do it. Good. I'll go out in the kitchen and start getting things ready. Whee! You start the high road, and I'll start the low road, and I'll be in Glasgow before Hey, she's got a cute voice. <laughs> Phoebe, why are you putting on your coat? I'm going over to Florida to tell her about the party. Hello, Phoebe. Come in. Hello, Flory. I just dropped by to invite you to our party tonight. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> Hello, George. You're late. Well, I stopped up at Brompton's to change that shawl for your mother. Well, it's none of my business, but I think that's a very silly exchange. Oh. <laughs> George just missed. Uh, Flory, just tell Bibi, as soon as they mark your mother down, we'll buy her back. <laughs> oh, well, good. Well, see you both at the party tonight. Bye now. Bye. What a woman. With her, you've got to keep changing the subject to keep on the subject you started with. Now, that's not true. I say, did you thank her for that horrible thing she gave me for Christmas? Oh, George, she knitted it herself. I know, but what was it? A pullover. A pullover. Gosh, I could pull that thing over the piano. <laughs> well, maybe Very well. But she's a wonderful friend and a devoted wife. Poor Ben. 
Can't be. <clears throat> he doesn't deserve a wife like Bibi. Nobody does. <laughs> well, I'd like to know where he'd be today if it weren't for her. He'd be doing all right. When he first met her, he'd a very fine act with a trained seal. Well, believe me, she married the wrong half of the act. <laughs> Well, the house looks nice and clean now. You know, I'm beginning to like the idea of giving this party. Remember the last New Year's Eve party we gave, Bibi? Yes, you kept toasting everybody. That's right. Then at midnight, we came in this very room, looked out that window, and watched the old year pass out. Yeah, and a few minutes later, you followed it. <laughs> oh, now stop exaggerating. Say, have we got enough food and everything for tonight? Yeah, we got enough of everything but guests. That's right. The only neighbors we know are the Wainwrights and the Wimples. Isn't it silly? Living on this street all these years and never getting acquainted with the people who live around us. How do you know we'd like them? Oh, Richard, you're just anti-social. Anti-social? Who's talking politics? <laughs> no, Richard, by anti-social, Barbara means, uh... What do you mean, Barbara? I mean you should make an effort to know your neighbors. I do, but when they get to know me, they don't like me. <laughs> it's a question of trying. They certainly are. Richard, you're taking the wrong attitude. It's our duty to make friends with our neighbors. Your father's right. You know, before I got married, a man lived next door to us for ten years, and not one of us ever said hello to him. And we were mighty sorry we couldn't say we knew him later when he murdered his wife. Oh, a big celebrity, eh? Yes. Daddy, are you going around to the neighbors and invite them? No, you don't do it that way, Barbara. You have to become a little friendly first. Well, how do you do that? Well, for instance, you pick out an impossible name like, uh, like Snodgrass Q. Thistlefeather. Not dress, you thistle feather. That's right. Then you ring the doorbell and say, I beg your pardon, but isn't your name Snodgrass Q Thistle Feather? And he said, No, because naturally nobody would have a name like that. Then you say, Well, you look like Snodgrass Q Thistle Feather. We used to go to school together. And before you know it, he invites you in to meet his wife. You chat a while, become friendly, then you invite them to the party. Say, that's a wonderful idea. I'll go right across the street and do it. Come on, Ben. Well, here we are, Bebe. Now, look, I'll wait down here. You go up and ring the bell. All right. Hello. What can I do for you? Excuse me, but isn't your name Snodgrass Q. Thistlefeather? Yes. Ben! Ben, what do I do now? Well, how'd you make out, Mother? I didn't. Does that mean the party's off? Oh, no. We've just got to think of a new approach. I got it. This time we won't go empty-handed. What do you mean? Well, we'll take our neighbor a rasher of bacon and an egg. Oh, but we only have one rasher of bacon and one egg. Couldn't we take them what's left of the Christmas turkey? Ben, we want to make friends. Well, I was looking forward to having that egg for the breakfast tomorrow. Well, I'm sorry, but I can't break an old family custom. My father never went to a neighbor's house empty-handed. Most of the time, he took some perfume. Perfume? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I think you've got that twisted. It was on the return trip that he was always thinking. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, stop arguing and come along. Here, you carry the egg and I'll carry the bacon. Oh, very well. Let's, come on, let's try the house on our left. All right, but I don't like this idea. Here we are. Now, stand next to me. Yes? How do you do? We're your neighbors. Everybody's short of eggs and bacon these days, so we thought we'd bring you some of ours. Oh, a couple of hoarders, eh? 
Horrors? Yes, I suppose you've got a lot of pull of bacon and eggs. That's right. Oh, Phoebe, you know this is all we have. I'm just showing off. Get out of here before I call the police. The police? My husband is just as honest as you are, you big crook. Is that so? Yes, that's so. And you better watch what you say. Oh, yes? Yes. My husband doesn't care if you are twice as big as he is. Oh, no. Phoebe. No, he'll give you a good press. Oh, he will, will he? Yes, he will. Oh, no, I won't. Oh, yes, he will. And he'll lick you, too. What? That broken down excuse of a man? Don't you dare talk to him like that. I happen to love that broken-down excuse of a man. All right, if he wants to fight, I'll fight him. Look, mister, I don't know what we're arguing about. You look like a pretty nice fellow to me. What do you say we forget all about this? Well, all right. <laughs> to be perfectly frank, I don't know what we're arguing about either. <laughs> Jake! Ben, he's just trying to back out. He's yellow. What? Phoebe! Get out of here! I'm delivering no more food to neighbors. You won't have to. I'm going to try a new approach. This is the house. Ring the bell. No, no, you ring it. All right. Hello? Hello. We're your neighbors, the lion. Yes? We'd like to borrow a few pounds of butter and a side of bacon. A few pounds of butter and a side of bacon? Uh, maybe I'd better explain. You keep quiet. I knew you were a scrounger the moment I laid eyes on you. <laughs> but you don't understand. I understand, all right. A few pounds of butter and a side of bacon? Why don't you ask for a pint of my blood? Madam, if you would just let me explain. A fine pair of scroungers. I'm not surprised at you, mister, but I can't understand how you can let your daughter stoop to a thing like this. <laughs> My daughter? Listen, I wouldn't borrow anything from you if I lived to be a hundred. That gives you just about six months to look around. <laughs> She's sweet, isn't she, Dan? Yeah, sweet as a pickle. She called you a scrounger. I know, but a young scrounger. Baby, you're trying to do this the hard way. If you want to make friends, just walk up to people and be friendly, that's all. Look, you run on home. I'll handle this next house by myself. All right. See you later, honey. Mother, where's Daddy? He's still out trying to make friends with the neighbors. Poor Daddy. Well, how do I look in your green blouse? Barbara, you take that off. Tori gave me that for Christmas. Oh, Mother, please. I haven't time to change now. My boyfriend will be here any second. You'll love him. He's a poet. A poet? Now I've heard everything. What's his name, Barbara? His name is Aubrey Darcy. But he's going to change it because he thinks it sounds too common. <laughs> what kind of a poet uh, is he? What does he write? Oh, he writes a lot of those cute little poems you see on Christmas and New Year's cards. Oh, no. Look, look, here's a New Year's card he sent me when he was in bed with a cold. I'll read it to you. Dear Barbara, I have a cold. It makes me very sniffy. I wish you joy, dear, young or old, for New Year 1950. <laughs> P.S. I left out the tea for my art. Art? Who's art? <laughs> oh, honestly, Richard. You're getting more like your father every day. Which reminds me, I want to ask Aggie if we're having corn for lunch. <laughs> Now, Richard, please don't make any silly remarks when Darcy arrives. Just for once, try... Oh, oh, that's Darcy. Now, remember, Richard, please, no wisecracks. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't look so innocent. Come in. I'm here, my dear. Oh, Darcy, your poetry is so lovely. 
Please recite some more. In my leisure, it'll be a pleasure. <laughs> As I sit down in this chair and see a pussy cat is there, I feel it greets me as a friend. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> he bit me in the end. Darcy, how clever you are. You have great poetical appreciation, my dear. What's your favorite poem, excluding mine, of course? Longfellow's Ode to a Grecian Earth. That's not Longfellow, Barbara, that's Shelley. Are you sure it's Shelley? It's the shelliest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> what ignorance. Oh, Barbara, my dear, I almost forgot. I brought you a small token of my esteem, a box of chocolate. Oh, Aubrey, you're so thoughtful. Oh, nonsense, my little teardrop. Sweet to the sweet, I always say. That's how I figure it, too. Help yourself to the nuts. <laughs> Ignore him, Audrey. Uh, I was telling Mother about those wonderful holiday cards you made. I believe my best one was the last one I made for Christmas. Did I recite it for you? No, but please do. Sit down. Thank you, I will. <laughs> my pudding cat loved turkey. And Christmas pudding, too. But when I offer him a fish, all he can say is... Oh! I sat on the cat again. Oh, baby, hmm? everything's fixed. I talked to the neighbors and they're all coming to the party. So is Mr. Wimple and his wife. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, now I'll get everything out and start mixing the punch. Yeah. Now remember, tonight all of us have jobs to do. Barbara and Richard, you pass the food. I'll serve the drinks, and Bebe, you pour the tea. Mm -hmm. There'll also be some washing up to do as we go along. Oh, we'll do that, Daddy. Richard will be the chief dishwasher, and I'll be his standby. That's right. I do all the work, and you stand by. <laughs> Boy, is she lazy. Say, I wonder if we have enough cups and saucers. Richard, will you go out in the kitchen and check on that? Okay, Pop. Uh, there should be 15. You'd better count them. That's right. 15 cups. Honestly, that boy gets more careless every day. Are we going to dance tonight, Mother? No, I don't think so, honey. Why not? Don't you like to dance? Oh, yes, but your father doesn't care much about it. Why doesn't he? Oh, well, last year didn't help the party any. You're just saying that because I danced three dances with Gregory Peck. All right, all right. I felt very much out of it. I wanted to dance, too. Well, you should have asked him. He's too tall for me. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. When I danced with him, I had nobody to talk to. <laughs> well, kids, let's start getting things ready. Everybody will be here at 8 o'clock. This is the dullest party I've ever seen. How about you, Emma? I'm so thrilled I can hardly keep awake. Isn't this a fun party, Mr. and Mrs. Thistlefeather? Oh, mm, quite. Indeed. Uh, how are you enjoying yourself, Mr. and Mrs. Wimple? Yes, yes. Well, how would you all like a nice cup of tea? Yes, thank you. Don't mind if I do. Me too. How would you like it? I'll just take sugar. Does milk for me. I'd like a piece of lemon. Oh, nobody wants tea, huh? Well, <laughs> then I'll go out and get you some coffee. I'll be back in a minute. Henrietta, what time is it? Twelve o'clock? It's eight twenty-four. Only eight twenty-four. Long must I? Oh, you all look so happy in this corner. Aren't you glad you came? Oh, definitely. Oh, it's so neighborly, isn't it? 
Excuse me while I talk to Mr. and Mrs. Bartholomew. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Bartholomew, isn't this a terrific party? Aren't you having a wonderful time? Oh, yes. I'm Whoopee. so excited. Yahoo! <laughs> well, when you and your husband finish with a snapshot of our trip to Blackpool, I'll bring you something else exciting. <laughs> oh, hello, George. Hello, baby. Oh, Bert, I could kill you for dragging me to this clam What? Don't yap at me. It was your idea. It not. Oh, here comes Lion with some more of those drinks. Did you get rid of the last one? Yes. What a beating those goldfish are taking. <laughs> well, here you are, folks. Here you are. Just shook up a new batch. How about another one for you, Mr. Bartholomew? No, thanks. I'll have one, Mr. Lyon. Good. I'll get you a clean glass, Wimple. How can you drink that stuff? Well, I'm in hopes it'll put me to sleep. <laughs> what time is it, Henrietta? One o'clock. It's eight twenty-nine. <laughs> oh, Ben, I hate to say it, but this party's dying on its feet. Can't you do something to pep it up? Oh, sure, Flory. Of course I can. I've got a routine that's a riot. I hypnotize a woman and ask questions. Well, go ahead. It can't get any worse. Okay. Listen, folks, listen. I'm going to try a little trick. Uh, Mrs. Wimple, do you mind if I hypnotize you? Well, I'd better ask my husband. Mr. Wimple, do you mind if Mr. Lyon puts me in a trance? Are you kidding? <laughs> all right, Mrs. Wimple, all right. Now, look me right in the eye. Right in... No, not that one. In not the red, not the bloodshot one, the blue one. <laughs> now, relax. There you are. Now, stare at me. Stare in my eyes. There, now, Mrs. Wimple. There, folks. I've got her in a trance. I can make her say anything I want to. Suggest a word, someone, and I'll make her say it. Soap. Soap? Oh, thanks, George. I will now make Mrs. Wimple say soap. Mrs. Wimple, say soap. Mrs. Wimple, listen carefully. What do you use to wash your dishes? My husband. Come hypnotist. What time is it, Henrietta? Two o'clock. Eight thirty-one. Still Sunday? Yes. Flory, aren't we having fun? Baby, don't look now, but this part is dying. You think so? Well, I know just the thing to bring it to life. Quiet, everybody, please. Yeah, some noise they are making. Listen, I have a wonderful surprise for you. Skippy, Skippy, come here. Come here, baby. And now, folks, I want you to meet our little cat. Blimey, suffering cats. <laughs> now, Skippy, tell everybody how you act when Mommy gives you a shrimp. Ah, oh, now, isn't he clever, everybody? Baby, you better think of something else. All right. Oh, I have another wonderful surprise for you. My husband is going to tell jokes. This I don't believe. Bring the cat back. Have a drink, Mr. Wimple. Yes, make it a strong one. What time is it, Henrietta? Three o'clock. It's eight forty-two. Still December. Oh, speaking of hotels, folks, I went to a hotel yesterday and said to this leg, could you give me a room in Bath? He said, well, I can give you a room, but you'll have to take your own bath. <laughs> now, kill me, you know. Ben, what are you doing out here in the kitchen? They didn't laugh at any of my jokes. I'm ashamed to go back in there. The party's a washout. Oh, how can you say that? Go on back and sing some of your numbers. Well, they don't want to hear me sing. Of course they do. They want to hear me sing in a pig's eye. Well, if it's a good song, sing it. No, no, they don't like my singing. Ever since I sang Christmas carols under their windows, even Florian and Wimple have treated me differently. Oh, you're just imagining things. Now run upstairs and pick out some of your best numbers, and I'll go out and announce you. Well, I'll think it over. Good. Sure. 
Listen, everybody, listen. I've got some wonderful news for you. Ben has volunteered to sing. Now, aren't you delighted? Well, I knew you would be. I'll go up and call him. This is the end. And now we've got to listen to Lion singing. Oh, we don't have to listen to him. I've been to their parties before. So I've bought enough cotton wool for everybody to stop in their ears. Bert, Bert, what are you doing? I'm taking the battery out of my hearing aid. <laughs> now, don't panic, everybody. I've got enough cotton wool for all of you. Oh, Mrs. W, you deserve a kiss. Oh, I don't. All right, all right. <laughs> Talk me out of it. Wait a minute. Once we get this cotton wool in our ears, we won't be able to hear anything. Not even with what he says. Oh, don't worry. I've got it all planned out. The minute he walks through that door, I'll ask him to sing. And we know he'll say yes. Of course. I'll ask him to sing two or three songs. That'll please him. Yes, and I'll ask him for that old number. Any old arm. Chances are he won't know it. That's a good idea. I'll ask for one of the ruins that Cromwell knocked about a bit. Ask him for a modern one, too. Like, um, have I told you lately that I love you? And, of course, down in the Medi in the itty-bitty poo. Yes. And I thought I saw a buddy tat. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. And remember, when his lips stop moving, we all applaud. I'll, I'll be back in a minute, baby. I can hear him coming. Insert cotton wool, everybody. Yes, cotton wool in your ears, everybody. Quick. Oh, hello, Ben. We're all waiting to hear you sing. How about it? Well, B.B. tried to talk me into it, but I've decided not to sing. Oh, how wonderful. Just what we wanted. Well, I thought as much. All right, forget it. Anybody want a cigar? I'd like two or three. <laughs> oh, you, you smoke cigars? Well, but what sort of a woman are you married to? One of the ruins across the <laughs> Well, you said it. Hey, uh, anybody hungry? What would you like to eat, Mr. Bartholomew? Any old arm. <laughs> I must have mixed those drinks pretty strong. Wimple, what are you staring at? I thought I saw a pudding cat. <laughs> You're acting very peculiar. What have you got on your mind? Have I told you lately that I love you? <laughs> <laughs> quiet, everybody. Ben's going to see. Oh, no, I'm not. I haven't forgotten what you did to me at Christmas, Flory. When I sang carols under your window, you threw a bucket of water on me. As far as I'm concerned, you'll never hear me sing another note. All right, comics, all right, have your fun without me. Well, he's gone. Cotton wool out, everybody. Baby, baby, where are you? The children and I are making some sandwiches. Why aren't you singing? I wouldn't sing for that bunch if you paid me. Furthermore, I'm not going back in the living room. Oh, but that's rude. They'll be disappointed. They came to laugh at me. They want me to lay an egg. All right, but sing first. No. Oh, but Ben, they love you. Well, why do they mock me? Oh, they were just kidding you. Where's your sense of humor? Do you want them to think that you can't take it? Well, no. If you're sure they were pulling my leg, of course, that's a different thing. Of course I'm sure. Now, come on. We'll go back in. Well, all right. Good. Quiet, everybody, please, quiet. Ben has an announcement to make. Well, B.B.'s convinced me that you were only joking and that you really do want me to sing. So I'll do three or four of my most outstanding numbers. Uh, Barbara and Richard, uh, give me a little music, will you please? Sure, Pop. Down 
in a minute, any little bitty boot and bee, bitty fish, and a mama bitty too. Sorry we have to leave, Mrs. Lyle, but it's getting late. Me too. Thanks for a lovely party. I wonder why they all left so early. Well, because I started singing, that's why. What's the matter, Bebe? Does my voice drive people nuts? How can you say that? I've been listening to it for 20 years, and look at me. Yeah. <laughs> George and Mr. and Mrs. Wimple came back. Oh, darling, you don't think we'd leave you alone on New Year's Eve, do you? Well, I've mixed up another batch, folks. What do you say we all have a drink to the New Year? Oh, my husband, Mr. Wimple's been drinking to the New Year since 8 (laughs) o'clock. Where is he? He's under the table. (laughs) Hey, Ma, Hmm? can I stay up until midnight? No, dear, I don't think so. Please, Ma. Pop says it's okay with him if it's okay with you. Well, in that case... Thanks, Ma. Mr. Wimple, would you like a sandwich? No, thanks. I'm eating fruit. Hey, Pop, can I stay up until midnight? No, I don't think so. Please, Pop. Ma said it would be all right with her if it's all right with you. Well, in that case... Thanks, Pop. <laughs> well, here are your drinks, folks. Okay. Uh, Aggie, Aggie, I've poured one out for you, too. Oh, thank you, Mr. Lyons. Well, here's to the new year, and may it bring happiness, security, and peace to everyone. Yeah, yeah. I have a feeling that everything's going to be all right. I'm not worried. Good girl. Oh, did you give Wimple a drink, George? Yes, but he seems more interested in the fruit he's eating. I always say, why worry about things? If something's going to happen, it's going to happen. I'm glad you feel that way, dear. Well, I do. Good, because Wimple just ate all the fruit off your hat. Oh, no. Oh, Phoebe, be happy. (laughs) Well, it's almost time. Glasses up, everybody. Oh, listen, Mother, isn't it beautiful? Yes, darling. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Oh, blind time. Oh, it makes me homesick for Scotland. It's grand. Even without the magpie. Oh, come on, let's all join hands and sing with the street musicians. Yes, huh? let's. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Life with the Lion. Once again, we'd like you to meet the Lion family. I'm Richard Lyon. I'm Barbara Lyon. I'm Ben Lyon. And I'm Baby Daniels Lyon. And here they are in It's a Man's World. My newspaper. Have you seen it? No, but I saw Barbara cleaning her shoes on something. Oh, fine. This is the one time in the day I get a chance to read the paper. My daughter cleans her shoes on it. I'll call her, Pop. Oh, Barbara, where's Pop's paper? It's there on top of the radio, Daddy. Oh, that's awful. Look, it's all rumpled up. Why did you clean your shoes on it? Well, I couldn't find an old paper, but I didn't get any shoe polish on it. Oh, no? Since when has Lady Astor had a black mustache? <laughs> Let me see. Gee, that's right. A black mustache. Barbara, I must ask you not to do it again. <laughs> what do you think I made her funny? Oh, Daddy. Say, listen, your mother was telling me this morning that you're really in love. Could that be possible? Oh, yes, Daddy. It was just two weeks ago yesterday that I met my poet. So I went to buy him an anniversary present. And it was while I was standing there in front of the tie counter that I realized he was the only boy in the world for me. Hey, this sounds serious. Yeah. Just you wait till you meet this tie salesman. Oh, you fell in love with the... You fell in love with the tie salesman? That's right. Well, you mean to say you walked into a shop and fell in love with, with a... Fell in love with a boy at first sight? Oh, no. There was some dialogue first. Oh. I said, pardon me, sir. I'd like to buy a necktie. And he said, plain or with a pattern? And I said, fine. And he said, would you like it in a box? And I said, is the box pretty? And he said, gorgeous, and the rest of you is cute, too. <laughs> and he's telephoning me this afternoon. Well, there's nothing like a long courtship, you know. <laughs> he's such a nice boy, Daddy. I was wearing a tailored suit, and he gave me a carnation for my lace blouse. Oh, that's a silly exchange. What's he going to do with a lace blouse? <laughs> he's going to press it in a book. Oh. Well, Barbara, congratulations and felicitations. Richard, did that come out of you? Sure. I know a lot of six-cylinder words. You mean syllable. A cylinder is something round and hollow, like your head. <laughs> Thank you, dear sister. Well, I can't help it. What's the matter with you, Richard? Do you want to grow up to be a literate? I don't know. How are the hours? Oh. oh, Mother, he's so ignorant. What are we going to do with him? Oh, well, we can't all be brilliant, Barbara. I was a rare exception. I was a brilliant baby. You were a brilliant baby, B.B.? Yes, I was. <laughs> I got my tongue around my eye tooth then. I thought so, and you couldn't see. No. <laughs> well, you know, everybody says when I was a baby, I was just as smart as I am now. Oh, smarter? Yes. I'll bet you were real clever when you went to school, Ma. Oh, well, I was as smart as my teacher. We were in the same class for five years. <laughs> you know something? In those days, teachers were very unhealthy. They, oh, they weren't healthy, huh? No, they weren't healthy at all. Four of my teachers in a row had nervous breakdowns. Well, considering that fact, don't you think it would be a good idea to keep improving your mind? Oh, do you think there's any room for improvement? A little, yes. Oh. Look, why don't you spend the afternoon in the British Museum? 
Oh, you think the museum would improve my brain? Believe me, honey, the museum is just the place for your brain. <laughs> well, what's it all about? I don't want to learn something I already know. Well, I wouldn't let that worry you, B.B. Now, you go to the museum and take Barbara along with you. I'd love to go, Daddy. All right, then, I'll go. But if I come back smarter than you are, it's your own fault. Well, it's a gamble, but I'll take a hundred to one. Shopping here. We're miles from the British Museum. This is Hyde Park. So what? They're giving lectures here. Come on. Let's go over and listen to that woman. And so once more, I say to you, women of Britain, the time has come for us to have more rights than men. They've been the top dogs long enough. Hey! Look how many persecuted women through the ages. They forced non-Christians in Turkey to wear veils. Tyrants in the Middle Ages and their art supporters fought and sold women. And even today, men tread on us. Yeah, yeah. Why hasn't there ever been a woman prime minister? I'll tell you why. Because women do not have men's chances. Yeah, yeah. I say to you, men have made us their pawns long enough. Now we demand equal rights. Barbara, this woman knows what she's talking about. Arise, women of Britain. Make your home a boxing ring. Your opponent is your husband. Make sure of a knockout. Oh, back so soon, girls? How was the museum, Bebe? You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Ben Lyons. Sitting there with that innocent look on your face. I know what you've been doing down through the ages. What? What have I done? Oh. Forcing Christmas turkeys to wear veils. <laughs> you have. And you've been treading on middle-aged women's arch supporters. Arch supporters? Yes. I don't. Johnny, I'm surprised at you. Why hasn't there ever been a woman prime minister? Well, perhaps... That's not true. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because women do not have men's chances. That's why. We're tired of being pawned. Which reminds me, I'm going out and give Richard a piece of my mind. You do that and there won't be much left. Now, what's this all about, B.B.? Women's rights. That's what it's about, Mr. Daniels. Mr. Daniels? I'm lying. You've been lying long enough. <laughs> From now on, you're going to be Mr. Daniels. Now, B.B., sit down and tell me quietly what happened today. We listened to a speech by that brilliant leader, Brigadier Rhoda Murray. Brigadier? Where'd she get that title? She won it in the pools. <laughs> you think women can't do anything, huh? You men are big shots. You have to do it all. Women are just slaves. Oh, stop it. You're not slaves. No. Who takes the children to the dentist? Who does their ironing and mending? Who does the cooking on Aggie's Day Out? I do. Yeah, you do. You have to do it all. You're a big show-off. <laughs> And we women are tired of being stepped on. Things are going to be different in the next election. They are? Yes. I want nothing but women in the Prime Minister's Cabinet. All women in the LCC and nothing but women in the House of Commons. Well, why do you suggest only women? Because I want to be elected Prime Minister. <laughs> Look, baby, when you come to your senses, I'll be in the next room. 
Oh, Barbara. Barbara, where's Richard? I don't know, Daddy. I've been looking everywhere for him. Hi, Pop. Hi, Barbara. Don't you speak to me in that tone of voice, you... You member of the male species? Hey, what's eating her? Mice? Oh, you. You've been living off women for the last 2,000 years. Not me. I'm only a teenager. (laughs) Well, you've no right to be. You're arrogant and lackadaisical. Ah, you're just jealous. I only came in here to tell you that your salesman friend rang up. I left his phone number. I wouldn't touch his number with a barge pole. I'm through with all men. (sighs) Richard, get up. Look, he's fainted. A weakling, just like all men. Begging your pardon, Daddy. Oh, why be polite? Get up, Richard, get up. Now, look, you and Barbara clear out of here. I have some letters to write. Come along, Richard. Well, stop shoving. Oh, Mr. Lyon, I'm very worried about this kitchen boiler. Oh, don't worry, Aggie. Mr. Whipple has promised to look at it. It's been rumbling all day, and I'm, I'm frightened it might suddenly blow up. Well, that's not the only thing that may suddenly blow up around here. My wife thinks there should be nothing but women in the House of Commons. Hi, <laughs> she's a comic, isn't she, Mr. Lyon? Believe me, I don't think it's funny. When she gets one of these crazy notions, life just isn't worth living. Ah, now don't take that, Edinburgh attitude. Maybe I can help you. Maybe I can help you to talk out of this idea. You know, women to women. Oh, Aggie, if you only could. If you could, I'd be eternally grateful. Oh, I'll have a try. Oh, here she is now. You go into the other room. Thanks. nonsense about women's rights. Oh, I can't, Ben. I'm going over to see Brigadier Murray right now. Now, you stay away from her. She's a troublemaker. Mr. Lyon, don't you talk like that about the leader of our rebellion. You keep out of this, you traitor. That's another word. Come along, Aggie. We don't want to miss a single word of the Brigadier's speech. I hear it come. Wait for me, Mom. I'm coming, too. Hey, Ma, have you seen my savings book? Oh, hello, Pop. Oh, hello, son. Where's Ma? Who? My mother. Your wife, remember? Oh. Well, uh, you see, Richard, it's this way. Well, uh, son, it's rather hard to explain. (laughs) You know how it is. No, how is it? (laughs) Look, Richard, this is embarrassing for me, but you're old enough to understand. But, Pop, we went through all this before when I was 13. (laughs) No, uh... No, son, I'm not referring to that. Oh. Now, about this. It seems that your mother heard some silly lecture, and now she and Barbara are demanding equal rights. We men have to... Well, we men must stick together and put an end to this darn nonsense. Say, Pop, I've got an idea that might solve the whole thing. What is it? Why not get Aggie to talk Mom into forgetting all about equal fights? 
No, no, equal rights, rights. Uh, no, son, it won't work. Aggie couldn't talk a Scotsman into accepting a free drink. Now, look, that reminds me. Wimple hasn't shown up yet to fix the kitchen boiler. Aggie said it was rumbling. Oh, there's the door. You know, Richard, I must fix those chimes on my next day off. I'm coming. Oh, hello, Mr. Wimple. Hello. I'll just come to fix your father's rumble. Huh? <laughs> uh, Wimple. Wimple, am I glad to see you. I need the support of a man. Uh, tired of being supported by Mrs. L, eh? Don't be simple, Wimple. Oh, sorry, Mr. L. I just came to fix your boiler. Well, never mind that now. Look, my wife heard an old crow called Brigadier Murray lecture on women's rights, and she fell for it. This brigadier is making my life miserable. She hates men. I'll bet the reason she hates them is because no one has ever paid any attention to her. Perhaps you're right. I wouldn't mind having a go. <laughs> Where does she live? Well, I heard Bibi say she was stopping at the Woman's Protective Society. Uh, perhaps we ought to ask a woman about it. You know, head of the dog. Yeah. Say, look, there's a woman coming up to the front door now. We'll ask her. Uh, come in. Well, you kept me waiting long enough. Oh, how do you do? Are you a friend of my wife? I am. Oh, good. Look, lady, we've got a bit of trouble on here. We, uh, we want a woman's advice, you see? Yes. You, you see, my wife is under the influence of an old hen called Brigadier Murray. Oh, indeed. That's right. You know, one of those old battle actors who thinks the back row of the circle is for watching films only. <laughs> I see. Yes, well, you see, this old sourpuss... <laughs> She's been shooting off her mouth about women's rights, and we're going to wreck her whole campaign. Yeah, we're going to gum up the works good for the old girl. Richard, don't speak disrespectfully of the old vulture. <laughs> oh, Dan, I miss Brigadier Murray. Oh, there you are, Brigadier Murray. Oh, no. Remind me. Brigadier Murray? That's right. Pleased to meet you, Brigadier. <laughs> Let's have a nice cup of rosy lead together. It's too late, Wimple. We've had it. On the contrary, I'd enjoy having tea with him. You see, I'm irresistible. <laughs> and afterwards, I'll take this charming man by the neck and break it. Blimey, I'm off. Wait for me, Mr. Wimple. Oh, Brady Murray, why are you so angry with Mr. Wimple? That man and your husband and your son are trying to ruin our cause. Oh, well, now that you're going to live here, we'll fight them together. Who's going to live here? She's going to live here. Oh, no, she's not. Oh, yes, she is. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> and now you'll be put in your proper place, Mr. Daniels. None of that Daniels stuff. I'm lying. You're Daniels? I'm disgusted. I'm going upstairs. This is Daniel. I don't like the way your husband left just now. You don't? No, you should have stood up to him. Oh. You were a little too pleasant. That's bad for discipline, you know. It is? Yes, so just to show him who's boss, you'd better pick a quarrel with him at once. Oh, but I couldn't do that. He hasn't done anything. He's a man, isn't he? <laughs> now, go ahead, or you'll undermine the morale of our entire society and ruin the call. Oh, well, in that case, I'll do it. Good. Call him down. I leave you to do your duty. Oh, Ben. Yes, dear? Come on down here. Where's Brigadier Murray? Oh, yeah? You and who else? Huh? <laughs> Take that back. I just said, where's Brigadier Murray? Sure. Why do you care for my feelings? Nagging, nagging all the time. Well, honey, I love you. Oh, yeah? You and who else? <laughs> Darling, let's not quarrel. That does it. Get out of my house. 
But, honey... I work my fingers to the bone for you, and what do I get? What do you want? Oh, yeah? You and who else? <laughs> I give up. I'm going next door to see George. I tell you, George, it's embarrassing. She's even calling me Mr. Daniels. It's murder. Well, you poor chump. I'm glad my wife isn't like yours. Her maiden name was Florrie Tickle. <laughs> I'd hate to be called that. George, ask Florrie to talk to Bibi and try and straighten her out. Florrie is so level-headed. Look, I'll give you anything if you'll do this for me. Oh, that's all right, then. Look, you know that expensive cricket bat I have? It's yours. I know it is. And I'd like it back. <laughs> Well, have Flory talk to B.B. and you can have it back. Okay, Ben. I'll do it. Come in. Hello, B.B. Oh, hello, Flory, darling. Come in. Brigadier Rhoda Murray, this is my best friend, Flory Wainwright. Here's my hand. Put her there. No, I think she'd be more comfortable on a chair. <laughs> What's all this screaming for equal rights, Phoebe? It sounds like a very, very crusade to me. Oh, it's a great cause, Flory. It means that women will now be the head of the family. You mean you and Ben will change places? Yes. From now on, I'll wear the fancy underwear. The whole scheme's impossible. This has always been a man's world. We can change our lives, my friend. We can. Of course. Tell her about our plan, Brigadier. <laughs> Attention, ladies, attention. I take great pleasure in opening this meeting of the Women's Equal Rights Society. Yay! And now I present our hostess, Mrs. B.B. Daniels. Oh, thank you, girls. The time has come for us to strike. We all know what the world owes women. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we women must rise. And now I have a suggestion to make, carried unanimously. Why should we sweat our fingers to the bone? Let the men stay at home with the children. Yeah, yeah. Yes, let's be suffragettes again. Let's chain ourselves once more to the railings of number 10 Downing Street. Yeah, yeah. No, Barbara, let's make it 10 Oxford Street. Why, Mother? Well, it's right across from that cute shop. You know, girls, where they have those adorable hats in the window. Splendid. I now declare the meeting closed. Oh, that was a very good speech. Yes, I thought so. Oh, Florrie, what did you think of the meeting? Wonderful. I'm certainly glad I came. I see that George is a model husband from now on. Good. Where's your father, Richard? He's in the den. Oh, Daddy, Mr. Wainwright wants to see you. Oh, hello, George. Oh, did Flory talk to Bibi? Yes, she did. They had a long talk. Now, take that. Ouch. What's the idea of hitting me, George? Don't call me George. Thanks to you, my name is now Mr. Flory Tickle. <laughs> Look, George, it's time we had a council of war. Richard, you too. Sure, Pop. We'll all talk man to man. Now, look, fellows. Something has to be done in a hurry, or these women will become uncontrollable. Agreed. Agreed. Now, the best way to convince the girls that they really need men is to frighten them. And what frightens a woman more than a mouth? You get me, Richard? Gosh, you mean you want me to go get those... Yeah, go get those ten white mice of yours. Twenty-four mice now, Pop. 
Well, well, get them anyway. But those mice are worth money. I'll refund it. Okay. You mean you are going to let the mice loose to scare the girls? That's right. Uh, where are the girls now? Well, Florrie said she was going over to talk to Wimple's wife. Holy smoke, I'd better go over and warn him. Oh, Richard, you set those mice loose around the house. I'm going over to Wimple's garage. <laughs> I want to see you. Oh, hello. I'm not going back to mend your ball about that Brigadier Murray's here. Not at any price. Look, do you know what my wife's done? She's joined Murray's Equal Rights Society. <laughs> any man who's let his wife join that organization wants his head examined. <laughs> oh, I forgot. No hard feelings. Well, look, I tell you, it's terrible. Ever since that Brigadier arrived, my family's gone haywire. My daughter says she's going to become a blacksmith. Oh, what about your son? Who do you think helps me with my housework? Now, look, my wife and the brigadier are coming down to see your wife. Well, that's where they'll come unstuck. My wife knows her place. When I give her an order, she jumps. She does? Yes. Listen to this. Henry Yes, Mr. Wimple. Jump. <laughs> there are, now go back to your work. Yes, Mr. Wimple. It used to be tough on her when we lived on the third floor. Well, I guess you've got nothing to worry about. Well, how did you get on with Wimple, eh? All right. He knows how to handle his wife. Oh, did you let those mice loose, Richard? Yes, Pop, but they're not loose anymore. They're all packed tight in one place. Oh, that's ridiculous. How could 24 mice all get packed tight in one place? Have you taken a look at Skippy? Let's see. Oh, no. Is that Skippy? Or is that two other cats? <laughs> He's full up. He's eaten 24 mice. How do you like that? 24 mice. How do you feel, Skippy? <laughs> well, whose side is he on, anyway? <laughs> Richard? Is your father home? Yes, come in. Well, Wimple, what brought you here? Take that. Ouch. What did you hit me for, Wimple? Don't you call me Wimple. Thanks to your wife, my name is now Mr. Henrietta Fish. Oh. <laughs> oh. So your wife knows her place, eh, Henrietta? Yeah. Well, why didn't you put your foot down? I couldn't. They were both dangling. She held me up by my throat. <laughs> you should have given her to understand that you were the boss. I did. I told her so when she hit me with a frying pan. <laughs> what did she do then, Mr. Fish? She chased me into the cupboard. Then she dared me to come out. And did you come out? Not... Br uh, no, certainly not. <laughs> I'm master in my own house, you know. Supposing the women had to do all the men's work. Maybe that'd cure them. No, no, wait a minute. If they saw us behaving the way they think we should... They'd see how ridiculous the whole thing is. That's it, Pop. Let's hold a house husband's meeting right here. When Ma and her friends come back, they'll see it's in action. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. Well, are we all ready, boys? Hey, I can hear the girls now. Quick, George, throw your cigar in the fireplace. Now start gabbing. Well, I have a lovely time. Oh, here they are. Here they are. Pretend you don't see them. Boys, boys, please. I now open this meeting of the Men's Unequal Rights Society. Yay! They don't know we're here, girls. Keep quiet and watch. Now, before we get down to business, how about a cozy cup of tea? Oh, yes. No. The tea... <laughs> the tea's on the table, Pa. Fine, let's pour. Now, who's going to be father? 
Oh, let me. <laughs> How'd you like your tea, Mr. Daniels? Oh, call me Ben. That's my maiden name. <laughs> uh, give me, give me everything and do lumps. Uh, me too. That makes cat. Cat? No, he's got 24 mice he has. George, I thought you were on a diet. I am, starting tomorrow. How about you, Richard? Something to eat with your tea? Please, I'll have that big piece of pastry and those two chocolate declares. Doesn't that make you livid? He eats everything and he doesn't gain an ounce. <laughs> Isn't this fun, having tea together? What do you usually do with your afternoon, Ben? Oh, I wash my smalls. <laughs> I also catch up on my knitting. I mean, boys. Oh, hello, baby. I uh, didn't see you girls come in. Why don't you sit down and relax? Oh, what a good idea. Sit there, Brigadier, next to Aggie. You too, Mrs. Fish. Uh, you'll excuse us as we carry on with our meeting. Oh, sure. Go right ahead. Now, let's see. Where were we? Oh, yes, yes. What do you do with your afternoons, George? Crochet. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm crackers about crocheting. <laughs> what are you on now, Richard? Woolly bed socks. Oh, so am I. No. Yes. Small world, isn't it? I must try those bed socks. You must give me your recipe. <laughs> George. George, do yes. you do you knit with a long or a short needle? A long. I'm from the north. <laughs> uh, tell me, Fish, uh, do you have trouble with your tacking? Tacking? Yes. Oh, heavens, no. I'll close my eyes and tat all night. <laughs> Say, Mr. Tickle, didn't I you at the sale this morning? Yes, I got one of the cutest hats you ever saw. Look at it. Oh, it's spatchy. <laughs> Can I try it on? No. No, let me. No, I have first. Give it here. Go on now. Have a look. Oh, it does to you. <laughs> it brings out your eyes. Yes. It also brings out his nose, too. <laughs> oh, well, if you're going to make fun, I'm going home. Oh, stop being petty, fish. Let's get on with the meeting. Now, here's a minute of our last one, which was held at the home of Mr. Henrietta Fish, who prepared a delicious lunch for four, but as usual, he ate it before the other three could get there. And now, here's our financial report read by our dear friend and treasurer, Richard Daniels. Well, after the last meeting, I was on my way to the bank with the club funds of three pounds. In front of the Pallady dance, I bumped into my girlfriend, Sally. She said hello, and I said hello. Sammy Black and his dance orchestra were terrific. And the club now has eight shillings and tuppence. <laughs> well, I'm glad you girls are laughing. Now you can see how ridiculous the whole thing is. Oh, we don't think it's ridiculous. We were laughing because your club has eight and tuppence more than ours. <laughs> but don't you think, uh, don't you girls think our meeting was fantastic? Oh, no, we think it was wonderful. Then we give up. We dissolve our society. In that case, you can join ours. Oh, but you can't make us members of a woman's society. We are men. Oh, don't worry about that. We'll make you all honorary women. <laughs> here, Brigadier, and all the men, including my own worst half. I've had enough. I'm leaving here right now. Me too. Me too. And me. Sit down. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Excellent girls. Sir Daniel, answer the door. Yes, sir. I mean, ma'am. Is Mrs. Thackleberry here? There's no Mrs. Thackleberry here. Let go of that woman. That's Brigadier Rhoda Murray. Murray, my foot. That's her maiden name. She's my wife. 
Don't let the rotor fool you either. She uses that for effect. Who's a rowdy dandruff, huh? Yes, Say, who are you? I'm her husband, Albert Tackleberry. And every time I go away on a business trip, she flies off on this half-witted crusade. Oh, but this oh, is the last time she'll do it. Rudy Dandron! Yes, my love! You're coming with me. Where's your luggage? It's in the... Shut up! <laughs> Sorry to have bothered you, gentlemen. Rudy Dandron, carry my bag! Yes, Albert! <laughs> well, how do you like that? She was a fake. Rhoda Dandron faculty. Now, this is where we put our foot down. Bebe, stand at attention. Yes, dear. Barbara, go out and do my homework. Yes, dear. Ronnie, go home. Uh, yes, dear. And you, Henry Edwards? Yes, Mr. Wimple. Jump. <laughs> now go home. Aggie? I? No more Haggy. No, Mr. Wimple. Well, they've all gone. Yes, and by thunder, from now on, I'm master of this house. What I say goes. Stippy, get off that chair. Gosh, Pop. He did it. What a cat tamer. Oh, Ben, I'm so glad you decided to assert yourself. You've been so masterful since Sackleberry left. Well, honey, it's a man's world, so we might as well leave it that way. What do you think, Barbara? Oh, yes, Daddy. Richard, would you mind giving me that phone number of the salesman who rang me? I forgot it, but if I had enough money to buy some more white mice, I might remember it. All right, tightwad, here's half a crown. <laughs> Thanks, here's the piece of paper I wrote the number on. <laughs> Why, you little... All right, now, quiet, quiet, break it up. We're back to normal. <laughs> Good night, kids. Good, Good night. night. Good night. Well, they're swell, aren't they, Bebe? They certainly are. I-, I guess you want things to be just the way they always have been, huh, Ben? I certainly do. With me attending to my jobs and you taking care of your job. That's right. Good. I left the dishes in the sink for you. I was right. It is a man's world. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 